I'm Krista Tippett, and this is On Being's Unheard Cuts. You're listening to my unedited conversation with Jimmy Wales. Download the MP3 of our produced show with him at onbeing.org. Hello? 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 Hi, this is Jimmy. Oh, hi, it's Krista Tippett. You can hear me now. Hello. Yeah. I can hear you now. Great. Yes. Um, all right, well, uh, let me just check and see whether... All the technology is functioning. Um, thank you so much for doing this. I'm really excited to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Um, do you have any questions for me before we start? Uh, I don't. Um, we have a fan on, and I'm afraid that you might be able to hear we it. Are, we wondered what that oh, was. Dear. It sounds like there's a gale blowing across the yeah. microphone. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, I'm in this um, sauna, and uh, the air conditioning's broken, and uh, they had a fan on, so now we're going to turn it off, and I'm going to bake. So I'm sorry. Um, can you they maybe... They can put a bright light in my eyes, and it'll really feel like an interrogation, so... <laughs> That's not really the atmosphere I'm, I'm generally looking for for a good conversation. Okay. <sighs> all right. Uh, is there a way they can point the fan away from the microphone? Or? Oh, it's all right. We've turned it off. Really? Okay. Yeah, anyway, I, okay. I'm from Florida. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. You're used to sweating. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 they say it's so hot. Uh, <laughs> there was a famous newspaper headline from years ago, uh, 72 degrees again and no relief in sight. <laughs> Yeah, I lived in the UK for a couple of years myself, and I grew up in Oklahoma, so I also have uh, a little bit so of your you know, context. Yes, you know, hot, yeah. But it is it is so sticky there, right? And so yeah. wet, yeah. so damp when it's cold yeah. and when it's hot, which is different. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes. Okay. Mhm. 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 Okay. Um, can we start? Do you need levels or anything? Okay. Um, yeah, so, great. Yeah, would you tell, tell us something mundane like uh, what, what you had for uh, lunch? Oh, for lunch? Mm-hmm. Oh, very clever. Mm-hmm. I had fish for lunch. <laughs> can you elaborate um, I, a little bit more? Well, I think the slightly more inter- interesting thing is I bought uh, my second umbrella in two days. I have to buy an umbrella here every day because I forget them. <laughs> Yeah, I do too. So how's that? That's good. Does it do it for you, Chris? Okay. Um, I haven't actually seen an engineer. There was a receptionist, but oh, but now I can hear myself. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, we we can get someone. My assistant's here. She's gonna hop out and oh, great. Tell them the levels are hot. I'm such a. I love the the radio lingo. I'm an expert. <laughs> yeah. I um, I I think you know Seth Godin. He's a. Uh, I do. Yeah, I do. he's a and yeah. uh, he's a friend and he's been on the show and I I told him yesterday that I was going to be interviewing you and he said he thought that would be interesting because he's not sure people have asked you exactly the questions I want to ask. Great. So, yeah. so she's here if you want to tell her anything about. They said the levels are hot. Yeah. So, do you want me to trim it a bit, yeah? Okay, can you try try that? Yep. Talk, please. Um, 
Testing, testing, testing. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've turned we've turned my headphones down a, yeah, a little. I can still better. hear, but maybe you won't be able to hear them. How's that sound to you? Okay. Here we go. Yeah. All right. Um. So you just you just said to me that you were from Florida, but what I've read, I think, even on Wikipedia, yeah. no, is that you I'm, are. I'm. From Alabama. I'm from Alabama. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Alabama. <laughs> yeah. I, I just ha- happened to have a house in Florida. Oh, okay. So um, you you have a house in Florida yeah. now, right? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and and in fact, it was, I've seen you referred a few times to it, that you grew up an atheist in Alabama, which is kind of poetic, and also mm. a little counterintuitive. A little, yeah. Uh huh. And and your mother ran a two room schoolhouse. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's so, so interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a very uh, unusual, I would say, educational uh, upbringing. So, two-room schoolhouse, so, you know, like Abraham Lincoln or something. Yeah. Uh, and we had four grades uh, in each room, so uh, first through fourth grade and then fifth through eighth grade. Uh, we also had a kindergarten, so it was technically a three-room. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I went there the whole time, and there were, in my grade, there were four kids. So, very oh. small school. Um, and actually we had uh, – sometimes it gets in, incorrectly said that it was a Montessori school, but mm. it was not a Montessori school, but it was influenced by Montessori. Okay. So we had a lot of uh, flexibility and, and time to explore activities, um, you know, at, at our own choosing. So, so you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always interested in this question, whoever I'm speaking with, of, of how they would – Describe the spiritual background of their childhood, and and that understood expansively. Um, and you know, um, it seems to me that there's there are these um, virtues and values that run through your work about a kind of there's a kind of faith in community and and in human kindness and kind of a trust in the goodness of people. Um, and I just wonder, I'm curious about where the roots of that, where you trace the roots of that in your in the in this earliest life of yours, yeah, I mean, I, I do think there is a there is something to that. I mean, certainly, uh, growing up uh, in the South, uh, my parents are very very nice people, and we were always taught to be very nice people. Um, and there is that kind of uh, community sensibility, I would mm. say. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and so that was, I would say, a big part of uh, of how I was brought up in, in my life. I mean, I just remember uh, my father lamenting um, because we lived in the, the big city of Huntsville, which was around 200,000 people, uh, that unlike where he grew up in the countryside, when you met people driving down the street, they didn't wave at you, which I, is, is sort of funny. I'm like, well, Dad, there's a lot of them driving by, so... <laughs> But it was that kind of thing, like people should be uh, nice. And, uh, you know, my father was a a grocery store manager. um, And as such, he had had many, many, many uh, people have worked for him uh, over the years, you know, young people. um, And everywhere we would go, uh, people would come up to dad and they knew him and so forth. And Hmm. I always uh, joke that he should run for mayor, but (laughs) he never did. Yeah. And... And where do you trace the roots of your imagination about what an encyclopedia is and what it does in the world? I mean, did you well, have the World Book Encyclopedia when you were growing up? Yeah, yeah. We had the World Book uh, at home from a very young age. My mother 
in the classic style, bought it from a door-to-door salesperson yeah. uh, when I was a baby. We'll have to and... tell our kids those stories and they won't believe us, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a great uh, uh, thing I show in, in my speeches. Uh, it's, a, it's a tweet from a school librarian who said, uh, uh, today one of my students asked, or I asked one of my students if she knew what an encyclopedia was and she said, "Is it something like Wikipedia?" Yeah. So, um, <laughs> for kids today, you know, Wikipedia is, is ubiquitous. But yeah, in, in terms of you know, growing up with the with the encyclopedia, and later on, of course, we had Britannica. Yeah, um, it was it was something that I really loved as a child and uh, read a lot. I can't say I read it cover to cover, although I did have that ambition at times. Uh, but I read a lot of things in the encyclopedia, and I always liked uh, you know anything I wanted to know. Uh, to go and get, you know, a summary uh, of it. And so that uh, – and I never thought back then, oh, I'm going to make an encyclopedia someday. But I definitely, upon reflection, I think, yeah, I really did love the encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. Did you – were you actually kind of fascinated by, by how it worked and how it – did you think of it as a living, you know, a living resource? Probably not really, mm-hmm. um, although there was something – there was an interesting aspect. So the World Book – um, would send out, if you subscribed, uh, every year they would send out the annual update. So you had the A through Z uh, books, yeah. and then you had, you know, year 1974, 1975, and so forth. And along with the annual book, there were a group of, uh, they would send you stickers, and you could open up the original encyclopedia and say, if there's an updated entry about the moon, because people have landed on the moon, uh, they update the, the, the moon entry, and then you would go and, and you would stick the sticker in the in the main book, so you would look up Moon. And it would say, "Oh, this this article's out of date. Go and look in the you uh, know nineteen seventy six edition." Uh, and so, in that sense, yes, it was it was being updated on an annual basis. Um, and so now I, I think back on that, and that was the sort of the first uh, you know editing the encyclopedia by sticking stickers in. So. <laughs> right. But they were stickers that somebody else had crafted, had written. Someone else had crafted at some point, yeah. Yeah. And then you became a futures and options trader, which is just interesting for me because, um, uh, I mean, it seems to me, it it seems, uh, just reading between the lines, it seems like it it was one way you got out of Alabama and out into the bigger world. But also, um, you're so well known for deciding not to become an internet billionaire, um, but that but there was that 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 chapter for you. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know it's a funny thing. I, I uh, many years ago, I I was in uh, Israel, which is not really relevant to the story, except that uh, I couldn't understand the language, and I was interviewed uh, for Yediot, which is like the tabloid newspaper there, and had the 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 reporter did not speak English, which is quite unusual, and so a friend of mine acted as our translator. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the next day when it came out, uh, he, my friend was translating it back to me. And, uh, you know, the, the main thrust of the article was he used to be a futures and options trader, but he felt so guilty that he decided to devote his life to charity. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I laughed so hard. I was like, that's completely ridiculous. I thought it was a great job and I loved it and, uh, you know, didn't, didn't feel guilty about it at all. Uh, and, and so for me, it's, uh, it's always been like I just like to do things that are interesting and I got very – uh, interested in, you know, uh, quantitative trading and the mathematical modeling of oh, it, right. um, and that was what I specialized in. Uh-huh. Um, and so, so 
you started Wikipedia in 2001. I just wanted that's that's the date you use as well, 2001. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're in the at the 15 year anniversary, and I just you know, wow. But you know what a difference 15 years can make, and that was a watershed year in all kinds of ways. But I I certainly think, I certainly think um, in a historical perspective, it being the birth year of Wikipedia, you know, makes the list. Um, Mm, thank and I, you. Yeah, and I'm just curious about you know just in terms of um, just in terms of being something that is just woven into the fabric of life and that kids grow up knowing about and using, um, you know, in in what when you reflect on it is really a very short time, um, and so tell me just um, and I know you've told this story so many times, but you know you know what. what what was the germ of the idea? Like, what came first? What what set this off to to become the thing it became? Yeah. So I, you know, uh, I had been really uh, impacted by uh, the explosion of the internet. I had been, you know, my family had a computer when I was uh, very early uh, before the IBM PC came out. We had a TRS eighty from Radio Shack computer and a Commodore mm. PET computer and so forth, and. One of the things that I saw in graduate school was the growth of open source software, free software. And, you know, this is software that's created primarily by volunteers, and they release it on the Internet under a completely free license. Um, And one thing that a lot of people don't know, unless you work in in the industry, is that a lot of the really fantastic software that runs the Internet, uh, so GNU Linux, Apache Perl, MySQL, PHP, all of the programming languages and things, are open source projects that are created by volunteer programmers collaborating online. So I was watching that. Uh, then grow. And of course, when I first heard about it, I thought, well, that's, you know, that's an interesting idea, but obviously that's just going to be a small hobby thing. But as it became more and more impactful and it was more and more becoming a fundamental part of the, um, of the internet. And I thought, gee, you know, that kind of collaboration could extend beyond just software into all kinds of cultural works. And it sort of makes sense that it would start with software because, Programmers who wanted to share their work with each other um, could build the tools that they needed to do that. So they could build their own tools and, and you know, they have, uh, you know, version control software so they can check in and out their changes and work together collaboratively. And for the rest of us, if we wanted to collaborate on some kind of a document, you know, the best you could do is, you know, email a Word document or something like that, right. which is a nightmare. Right. And, um, and so I thought... You know, basically, we need some tools. We need to figure out how to make this work. Um, and I had the idea of uh, an encyclopedia, and I got very excited about it and, and thought, you know, it's the kind of thing that people could collaborate on. It's fairly straightforward to understand what it should look like. Um, and, you know, that was how we got started. But, mm-hmm. of course, in the initial version uh, called Newpedia, uh, we didn't have all the, the ideas of how to do it and, and how to build a community and what kind of software they needed and so forth. Did did you have from the beginning this kind of mission statement um, that you're providing free access to the sum of all human knowledge for all people? Was that there at the beginning or did it evolve? Well, yeah, the, the, that concept was there at the beginning. I actually – the actual sort of famous tagline, imagine a world in which every single person on the planet is given free access to the sum of all human knowledge. Yeah. Uh, that I came up with in about – I don't remember exactly, 2004, 2005, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a little earlier than it, maybe 2003. Anyway, I know where I was. I was in Berlin. It was my first time 
out of the U.S. I'd been invited to a conference to speak in Berlin, which was mind-boggling to me that anybody would want me to come all the way to Europe and talk. <laughs> and um, sort of had to sort of sum up what it was we were doing. But the concept that you know that mission statement was uh, with us from the very beginning, in in the concept and not the way it was said. And you know, it's very straightforward and simple on one hand, and it's grand and audacious on the other, the sum of all human knowledge. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I do think that is part of why it's been successful. I think had I set out to, you know, sort of let's write uh, uh, an encyclopedia article about every state in the U.S., right? It's not that inspiring of a goal. It's just yeah. a small little thing. And I think the fact that it's a big idea um, for everyone on the planet uh, is part of what motivates the volunteers. And, uh, you know, when we talk to the volunteers and say, well, why do you do this? One of the things they, they point to is that it's, it's being part of something that is, it feels good. Um, you're doing something productive for the whole world uh, and it's meaningful. And I do think that people really, they, they want to spend their time doing something meaningful. Yeah, and you know, that in itself is... Um, uh, I, I'm I'm so with you on that, and it's it, and yet it's also kind of a it's kind of a bold statement in the 21st century um, for a public figure to make. Yeah, I mean it is it is and it isn't. Maybe I mean, I mean maybe it in, shouldn't in be. In some but, ways, yeah. yeah, it shouldn't be. Right. It shouldn't be. Well, I mean certainly, you know, it, the the idea of free access to the sum of all human knowledge uh, is a controversial statement in places that actively practice uh, censorship and an attempt to forcibly control the flow of information. Um, And, you know, but I think other things about Wikipedia are uh, perhaps not controversial, but I think unusual Mm -hmm. uh, in our current environment. So, of course, no one in the U.S. would say uh, we should censor parts of Wikipedia. But at the same time, we unfortunately live in a media culture that's very, very different from the calm, neutral style of Wikipedia or what we, I mean, we try really hard to be calm and neutral. Obviously, we're human beings. We don't always do it. Yes. Um, And instead we have, you know, in many parts, um, quite an inflammatory and divisive media culture um, that's, uh, you know, that's unfortunate, I think, and and leads to... And bad uh, for us. Bad for all people. Bad, yes, very bad. And and you know, so yes, so and you you are are quite a champion um, globally now when it comes to censorship. But 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 I I also see something um, somewhat subversive, or let's use the word countercultural, in 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 the insistence on people wanting to do something meaningful. That this is a space in which people engage as volunteers to do something meaningful, a digital space. I mean. Um, uh, and I wonder if, you know, it's it's not that meaningful things don't happen on all kinds of digital spaces. They do. But this as kind of um, <clears throat> in the DNA of the ethos, I, I just I wonder if that I don't think that could have been possible if if you had shifted from being a nonprofit to be a commercial enterprise because a commercial I just don't know if a commercial enterprise could have retained that commitment to that experience for people. Just well, I mean, I, I certainly think it would be difficult, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's something you know. I have um, I co-founded Wikia, which is now a top twenty website, and it's mostly fan sites about entertainment and gaming and so forth. And it's very you know passionately community oriented, um, 
But it's an ad-supported website, and you know, it, it in terms of the community, the communities engage in it because they're passionate about the topic. It doesn't have that same kind of charitable public service uh, feel about what they're doing. Although it is community minded, I and mean, yeah. people they're doing it because they want to help out other people who like the same game they like or, or whatever it might be. But um, I do think it's hard. And I do think certainly one of the great benefits uh, for Wikipedia of being a charity is that we care as much about the next million readers in Africa as we care about the next million readers in California. Mm-hmm. And that would be mm-hmm. very hard to do. Right. Um, you know, so I, you can you can look at various companies. I think Google is a good example of a company that is really quite good about caring about all the languages of the world, but they're they're constrained, right? They yeah. they care because it's the kind of thing that in, in their culture they think is important to have uh, Google in every language, but clearly they can't invest as much in those languages as they need to invest uh, in the languages where there's a strong advertising market. Yeah, and so. Uh, you know, it's one of the things that, you know, people say, well, why don't you put ads in Wikipedia? Why do you keep having to raise money as a charity? And one of the things I say is, like, no matter how much I believe that we would continue or that I would want us to continue, um, just in the DNA of the organization, you organizations always tend to follow the money. And yeah. uh, it's not that Wikipedia would turn evil, but it would certainly turn less interested in the developing world. Um, it would become more interested in what you're reading at Wikipedia. So if everybody's reading about right. Elizabethan poetry, there's nothing to sell them. We really want you to read about hotels in Las Vegas and things that have good ad revenue. And so suddenly you do, no matter how hard you try, it would change the incentives of the organization to try to change the shape of Wikipedia rather than being this really pure community-driven public service mission. Yeah, yeah. When you change the incentives, you, in fact, start to shift the content. You change the content or affect it. Yeah. Um, You know, over the years, um, you know, I do this big, expansive conversation about this question of what it means to be human, how we want to live, and how all kinds of modern people are exploring that and reframing it, you know, on all of our fields, in all of our fields. And, And quite a few people across the years have have used Jimmy Wales and Wikipedia as an example, you know, of the, of the change, you know, not just of what Wikipedia does, but of, um, of changing models of, 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 of how um, the Internet and, and, you know, this model in particular that it's made possible um, is, is shifting the way, you know, these, these, these basic human endeavors like making and leading and learning and belonging um, and I want to talk about that with you, but 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 I, I actually want to start with the other thing that happens when people talk about Wikipedia is they explain it, right? <laughs> and I'd kind of like like I kind of like to ask you to just give a basic explanation of you know what happens because I'm not sure people use Wikipedia. I'm not really sure they know, but just imagine. I mean, you know, the numbers are staggering, and I'm not sure if the numbers I wrote down this morning are today's numbers. You know. More than 15 billion page views a month, 7,000 new articles every day, 80,000 unpaid volunteers worldwide. Um, uh, I I wonder if you would just, let's say, someone from Mars met you, and you're just giving a straightforward explanation of what Wikipedia is, what happens. You know, how how would you start to do that? 
Yeah, I mean, so I think we can we can think of this in a couple of different ways. So one, we can talk about what Wikipedia is, the the end result, the encyclopedia. Um, but that, as you say, lots of people who are readers already understand that, and and that's pretty straightforward. I think what's harder is the Wikipedia community and yeah. understanding how that works and who who they are. And, you know, it's it's a really uh, remarkable and amazing uh, group of people. Uh, I think one of the things that people should understand is that it it's not about the software. The software is important and how the software works, but it's really about the culture in the community. It's about people having the right spirit, um, about people taking responsibility. So the way it works is, you know, every, you know, Wikipedia is very open. Anybody can come and edit, but every, every time someone makes an edit, um, other people will review it. They either review it um, very quickly, uh, and that would be people who are patrolling recent changes, or lots of people have uh, on their watch list the, the things they've edited in the past or, or areas that they're interested in, and they'll log in and they'll review changes over the last few days. And when people disagree uh, about an edit and disagree, then they have a discussion. And the, and the talk pages are really one of the most interesting places on Wikipedia. And this is a, a, an area where people often don't understand. So if we have uh, an entry on uh, Barack Obama, then the discussion page is not a general chat room about Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. All the discussions should be focused around how do we improve this article. And so if you like Barack Obama or you don't like Barack Obama, that's more or less irrelevant to the discussion because this is about improving the article. And indeed, if you're a good Wikipedian, um, hopefully uh, even in the debates about what should be included, people can't tell if you like Barack Obama or not Mm. because it's about the quality of the article. And, you know, there's a lot of mechanisms uh, in the community. So people get elected to be administrators and administrators have additional powers to um, to block people or temporarily lock entries. But even those powers are subject to uh, checks and balances. Uh, everything that an administrator does is publicly visible. So if, if an administrator blocks someone... There's very strict rules. You can't block someone just because you're having an argument with them. That's like a really uh, terrible faux pas as an administrator. Hmm. And then we have, you know, further things. We have uh, the arbitration committee, um, which, uh, you know, they they handle the more longer term and intractable disputes. Um, and so if, if people really end up can't they can't get along and they can't figure out what to do. And there's been a series of page locking, unlocking and a, and a big brawl. Uh, then the arbitration committee will hear a case, uh, you know, regarding what to do about this entry and they can impose binding solutions. And, you know, sometimes the solution is um, basically a topic ban for 10 people on both sides to say mm. all of you people are just too excitable about this topic and edit here for one year <laughs> yeah. and and getting in other Wikipedians who are maybe less emotionally invested in the topic. But it's, you know, it's an imperfect process, but it's it's like most democratic processes, i.e. it's it's we it's been designed to have checks and balances. It goes wrong sometimes and, you know, um, there there's always some kind of drama going on. Um, and, Again, and so because it, it's the human condition it, it, Because involved. it's the human yep. condition. Yep. Yeah, yep. exactly. So, yep. you know, we can describe uh, the, the, the proper functioning of a municipal police force and a municipal government. Uh, and we can think about, OK, yes, well, the police do need to have special powers to arrest people. Um, and if they don't do the right things, they should be subject to 
you know, but we know police don't always do the right things and then we have to yeah. have trouble about that and so on and so forth. So it's it's a messy kind of world behind the scenes, but it more or less works. And certainly it, it's uh, it's been incredibly productive to push all the decision making out into the community about these kinds of things. Yeah. And, you know, you, were, you use the word democratic and it is democratic, but it but it it's a new way of being democratic and it's actually not the way not the way our our most visible democratic political processes work mm. these days um yeah i mean one of the things that we say at wikipedia one of our many sort of mysterious uh, slogans is uh that wikipedia is not a democracy and what we mean by that is a simple vote doesn't always carry the day. Yeah. Uh, that there are certain principles uh, that are about improving the quality of the encyclopedia. And, you know, so sometimes people the, – the reason we say this is sometimes people uh, in some sub-community out there on the internet, they get very upset about something. And they say, oh, we'll all rush into Wikipedia and we'll vote that the article should be the way we say it is. And so suddenly you have 100 people show up to vote in a in a – little mini vote or a poll that people are taking. And and then we say, yeah, you know what? That's not the way it works, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the day, this is a dialogue and a discussion, and we need to stop and have a, have a conversation about it. And yeah, it's very different from our somewhat broken yeah. uh, democratic yeah. process. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, one thing Seth Godin um, said, used this phrase when he talked about what he sees in Wikipedia, the insane power of the well-organized crowd, which, which you know, again, it's like a di- it takes the language of democracy to a slightly new 21st century place. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, the, this is the I, I like that uh, uh, organized uh, mm-hmm. because a lot of what people refer to as online community in, in various places is not organized and it's atomistic is what I call it. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, the classic kind of example is uh, YouTube commenters because it's just random people firing off whatever thought comes through their head, often abusive and yeah. not very nice. Um, and, you know, an organized crowd is a group of people who are working together under a set of agreed principles for a common end. Um, and hopefully doing that with a certain modicum of kindness to each other um, and thoughtfulness. And that is very special and has to be nurtured. It doesn't happen automatically. Yeah. Um, And say some more about how kindness gets nurtured. And I, you know, I love it that you use, that you call out that word. And and, um, for, you know, the more... um, the specter that's always in front of us now are the kind of cesspools, uh, comment sections, right? Mm. Um, uh, which, which, uh, which I think lack any kind of nurturing or, or um, I mean, it's one of the issues about them. But when talk about why, what it mm. is that allowed you to create this, this well organ, this ethos of a well organized. <laughs> it's not just that it's well organized, right? It's well organized and it's self correcting, right? So as you're saying, there's always the human drama, but the, the organization f- loses itself and finds itself again without some deity or, you know, king or mm-hmm. monarch coming in. Um, so so how, do you, how would you talk about what, what the ingredients are that has made Wikipedia such an open place, and yet the level of discourse um, 
and even the ethos of kindness is, is, is such a contrast to a lot of other places where people comment and weigh in. Sure. Well, I mean, uh, a piece of it is, and, and I don't think we can minimize this, is uh, software design. Mm-hmm. Because poor software design can actually, um, it, it, the design of software interacts with behavior in interesting ways. So if I go to most newspaper uh, comment sections, I, as a as a member of the community, I can't join and gain any kind of longer-term say over how things are done. And indeed, if somebody is, if somebody posts an inflammatory comment there, um, the only thing I can really do is, well, complain to the newspaper, which generally takes a long time, unless and unless it's actually abuse, they, they aren't going to be able to do anything about it. Uh, or I can yell back at the person yeah. and say, shut up, you're being an idiot. And then I'm accidentally joining in the nasty behavior. And so when you've got these kind of unmoderated forums or slowly moderated places where the community doesn't have genuine control of their environment, you end up, you know, the the software doesn't let me do anything other than yell at people. And uh, if, as we have at Wikipedia, there's a lot of different options. So if somebody posts an inflammatory comment, because our comment pages are just wiki pages, they're editable pages, Anyone can come and delete a comment, and that happens quite often. If somebody comes and says something incredibly nasty, somebody else will just come along and just say, delete it and remark, removing personal attack. Mm. Um, And that's a public act itself. So, again, if you're not doing the right things, people will say, hey, you're going around deleting perfectly nice comments. Why are you doing that? You know, and that kind of uh, openness, the transparency about the actions, but also giving real control into the community. So, you know, at most uh, websites, the only people who can ban people are employees. So employees of the newspaper read all the comments, and if somebody's being really violent and abusive, they'll block them. Right. Well, in our case, that, that isn't done in the main by employees at the Wikimedia Foundation. It's done by the community, by trusted community members who've been elected and who are held accountable for how they do it. So it's a lot of things like that um, that mean that in addition to having uh, a culture that says we want to have goodwill, we want to achieve quality work here, we also have the tools that that we have other options other than just yelling at people. And hopefully when we're doing our job well, we we do these things in good humor. So uh, a classic kind of example of this is is very common for somebody who's never edited Wikipedia before to to show up and – replace, you know, an entire entry with a single curse word or something like this, just because they can't, their friends said, oh, did you know you could do this? And they're like, oh, no, what if I just did this? What would happen? Right. And then hopefully instead of being blocked, uh, what, what ideally happens, and it's not always perfect, but somebody will say, uh, you know, revert your edit and then say, well, thank you for your experiment. However, if you want to learn how to edit a wiki, here's some sandbox pages where you can go and practice. So approaching people with a bit of good humor and saying, oh, I'm sure you didn't really mean to replace the entire entry with a curse word. Um, Maybe you'd like to join us and do something productive. And oftentimes that works. Uh, Newcomers and, in fact, lots of people say to me, oh, yeah, I've now – I've been a Wikipedia editor for a year. Oh, how would you get started? Oh, well, I was a vandal. (laughs) (laughs) I I vandalized a page and then people were nice to me. So I decided actually that wasn't fun. So I thought I would just edit Wikipedia. Gosh, you know, I knew this before I spoke with you, but it is is—it is really this kind of living, very living dynamic model of um, 
It, it is and, a model of something, right? Of, of cultivation, it, of, of growth, of like mentoring, all these things. And, and, and it's dynamic. And, it, and, mm-hmm. it, and the thing is, it is a genuine community, yeah. um, which with all that that means good and bad. And I think this is something that's easy to miss because as a reader, when you read Wikipedia, of course, it, it's written in this very authoritative, dry style. And, and you don't get the sense that you're interacting with a a noisy and vibrant community um, until you dig in a little further and then you you go behind the scenes and you see the people editing in their discussions and you go, oh, actually, I get this. There's a lot of different people here and they're having discussions and that's how it works. Hmm. Um, I was looking at Wikimedia just yesterday, so I'm sure that what's on there is moving all the time, but, you know, it's a really interesting collection of kinds of ways that this is out there in the world you know, impacting physical spaces, right, um, and and lives. Um, you know, the teacher whose students can write a Wikipedia uh, entry in lieu of a midterm exam. Which, as you talk, I realize what that means is not just it's not just a writing exercise, right? Then they enter into this community of cultivation and mm, really yeah. mentorship. Yeah, and, and sometimes that's a really fantastic thing, and other times it's actually been okay. problematic. Yeah. Uh, so if a, if a teacher wants to do that, we really encourage them to come and speak to the community and right. help. Uh, we can help design the program because otherwise, uh, I remember there, it, it ends in tears. I remember there was a case <laughs> where a, a university professor assigned all the students to go out and edit Wikipedia, and we sort of had this flood of entries about uh, you know the the garbage can on the corner of the street uh, at the university campus and things like that, and then they were deleted immediately and blocked, and and all the students felt sad because the Wikipedians hated them. But on the other hand, if it's done well and the students are given some uh, training and and you know explanation of you know here's the things the Wikipedians care about, they want you to use sources, um, they want you to be kind in your interactions, don't get upset, um, have a, a good debate. Then I think it's an incredibly valuable. Uh, exercise. Um, there's also one that caught my eye. Um, it was a, an article by a community member on why I proofread poetry at Wikisource, and you know she, she used this language of it is this poetry is the stuff of the soul. It speaks to the body, the mind, and the spirit alike. And she and and she had had some um, you know some hardship and this it this had literally this process literally had been part of her healing um i know i wonder if you would have anticipated something like that when you started this uh no i wouldn't have and uh i think a lot of a lot of things like that i i hadn't thought of i mean I, if you had asked me i wouldn't have said oh no that will never happen it just mm-hmm. didn't occur to me yeah um that you know people and, and but I have seen it now many times that that people they edit about a topic that is very personally meaningful to them, but also they edit um, and make new friends. And you know we've got um, a handful of uh, wiki babies these days. Met, <laughs> what does that uh, mean? Through, through people who met through editing Wikipedia who've yeah. now gotten married and have babies. So, wow. Uh, that's there's a there's a few of those out there, and that's kind uh-huh. of fun because that is that is a community. That's people who know each other, and and you know we have people meet up. Uh, they they go you know. Um, sometimes like, you know, once a month they meet up in a bar and uh, have a few drinks and discuss um, the latest things going on in their language. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's it's really something else to see. It, yeah. And 
Isn't it interesting? Um, I mean, you know, we, our media project is very, very tiny compared to yours, but but my the my colleagues who've created the ethos in our digital spaces also have been able to create a, a I say a kind, generous, uh, self-correcting, you know, a, pl- a place within ethos, and which you know a lot of people don't think is possible, right? I'm sure you get this. People just mm. don't think that's they they have the worst images in mind of digital spaces, and they think there's always going to mm-hmm. be the lowest common denominator. Um, well, exactly, and this is yeah. where I think you know software design is so important mm-hmm. because um, you know I mean in the main, if you go and read newspaper comments, you just weep for the future of humanity yeah. because it's it seems horrible, and you can really you know people who work in in those organizations it can be very poisoning because you think uh, right well we're here trying to write a quality newspaper and it's like a seething mass of idiots out yeah, there. Yeah. Um, even though at, a, at another level they know that isn't true, but that just the online can bring out the worst in people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also, there's still, you know, most people are perfectly decent. I mean, we, we all know this intuitively. You, you walk into any room anywhere, a restaurant, and you look around and you just think, basically these are all pretty nice people. And yeah. uh, some of them will be annoying, but very rarely are people actively malicious and... Yet online, you you can get this sense of like, wow, like this is really bad, like, you know. Yeah, but I also think there's kind of a, a paradox that happens that when it when it works, when these digital communities are good and redemptive and kind of um, calling people to their better selves, um, then this paradoxical thing happens that. The people then do actually want to get together in the flesh, right? As you said, I mean, people mm-hmm. then and and so it. But then I think it's creating. So so I'm not sure we're we're charting this, but all of these the digital communities are also creating physical spaces and experiences in in flesh and blood in the world. Mm. Yeah. No. It's it's it's. Uh, well, I mean, it's a great thing, and I think there's there's. Uh, great possibilities for the future if we work hard to uh, to harness these tools and to think about design and to think about community and culture uh, to encourage more uh, yeah. of this kind of thing, more, more helpfulness, more usefulness, um, and, you know, move away from uh, the kind of, I would say, purely... Uh, divisive and argumentative culture, yeah. uh, which we see too often online, but also in the media and, and elsewhere. Well, I mean, the, 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 there's nothing happening online that doesn't happen offline, and we've, that's the culture, that's the way we've decided to resolve debates and discuss difference in our public life, right? So why should it be different? For sure, for sure. And I mean, certainly, um, uh, well, I, I, I try to stay out of politics for the most part, mm-hmm. but... Uh, the rhetoric of Donald Trump is just appalling and, uh, and and a bit shocking, you know, that someone, you know, it's so unintellectual and it's so unreflective and, and you know, there there are – it pains me because, you know, there, there are issues, uh, you know, well, let's say the, the issue of uh, immigration and people who are in the U.S. Um, without documentation or illegally – that's a complex issue. Yeah. There's so many human elements to it. Yeah. There's so much good and bad. It, it, there's no easy solution or answer. And you would hope that we could have 
a, a real dialogue about the problems. And people are come down on different places, and that's perfectly legitimate. If somebody says to me, hey, I think there's a real problem with uh, people coming into the U.S. Um, you know, illegally, and I think we need to crack down on that. Okay, I don't agree with you. That's a legitimate argument that we can have. And we can say, okay, well, what are the specific problems you're concerned about? Uh, okay, well, you've actually got a point on here and there. And then instead we've got, I'm going to build a wall. I mean, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life, and, and it's appalling that we let him get away with that. So as I say, I'm not very political, but yeah. <laughs> I actually am. <laughs> well, but it is, let's just say it's a contrast to your vision of uh, the sum, it is. You know, offer, the sum of all human knowledge as something that is a human birthright, right? That, I mean, it, it's, it con- con- it's contradicts that. You know, I yeah, just and, say, and I, yeah, I, go on. I see things. So, I mean, just some, some wonderful stories. I... I was in uh, Kiev, Ukraine, uh, during actually the the worst of the, the conflict, and, and people there were, were very upset. Uh, Russia had just taken Crimea, um, and I did a little meet up with the with the local Wikipedians. One one of whom had been shot um, and killed mm-hmm. uh, in the protests on the Maidan, and they said to me, "Yeah, we're having a lot of." trouble, you know, like, uh, you know, we're half uh, Russian language speakers, some people from Russian Wikipedia, uh, a lot of the entries relating to the current situation is very tense and, and very emotional and difficult for people. And I suggested, well, why don't you, can you visit each other? Can you talk to each other? And so they did. They held a little mini conference and uh, a bunch of Russian Wikipedians came down and met the Ukrainian Wikipedians. Um, and it helped. Obviously, it didn't solve the problems completely. But for me, the, those are the people, those are the heroes there who are saying, you know, they're, they're, and their interest actually is not about resolving the broader conflict. Not, I mean, I think they do have an interest in that. But really, like, how do we write about this conflict in a way that is neutral, that is constructive, that helps people understand uh, wherever they come down on, on, on the sides. That's the kind of thing that I think is, you know, uh, fantastic and heroic and yeah. the kind of thing that we need more of in the world. Yeah. I have to say, I, um, I've, I've obviously, as I said, I've ta- heard about you. You come up, you, you are invoked a lot in, in my <laughs> in my life of conversation. And uh, and then when I really decided, when I came back into the office and, on Monday and said, okay, we have to try to get Jimmy Wells, is when I heard you on um, on NPR. It wasn't that long ago, um, uh, and. And the 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 person who's interviewing you told you that um, one of their producers, in preparation for the interview, had planted some falsehoods on a Wikipedia page, you know, kind of to you know, and that it was still mm-hmm. there at the time of this interview. <laughs> <laughs> and you had such a great response. Do you remember what you said? Uh, I think I said, please don't do that. Behavior, go and fix that. Come on. Yeah. Well, you also. What did I say? You said you said something like, um, uh, you know, you know, you, you say I don't think it was the first time that it happened. You said like it, it's you you always want to um, hold journalists accountable. For you said it would be like it would be like reporting on a neighborhood that's especially clean oh, yeah. and orderly, and that you would you know would you go in and you know create a mess. <laughs> To see if they clean it up. Yeah, yeah to see exactly. if they cleaned it up. Yeah. Um, so. I, and I think that's, I, I think that is kind of your ethos of, you know, insisting on accountability all around. Mm, Even things true. that might seem reasonable just because that's what, the way we work that maybe aren't mm, so mm-hmm. good for us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so I do, but I do want to ask you about um, what you've learned through this adventure about truth 
and you know so 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 I read one um one musician, you know, and I, I know there are a million variations on this, you know, comment. Somebody saying about his biography on Wikipedia, I can say to you, these are the facts, but they are not true. Um, I, and I heard, and I saw you, uh, you know, there was a very odd New York Times profile of you, which, you know, where you commented, this is <laughs> strange and and mm. not not true in a deep way. I just wonder, and I wonder, like, how, what have you? What are you learning? What questions have arisen for you about this big philosophical question: the nature of truth, how it is discerned, how we tell it? Mm. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think there's uh, a, a few things. So, uh, one of the things that I think is interesting about Wikipedia is that uh, you know I I believe that. Um, you know, truth is um, a recognition of the facts of reality, that it's an objective theory of truth that um, and that it's really hard to get to, um, hmm. to, to do a good job of thinking and a good job of sorting through fallacies and sifting the evidence and coming to truth is, is very hard. But it is something that human beings can do, albeit imperfectly. And what's interesting is that my view of truth actually doesn't matter. Um, a person who edits Wikipedia who thinks truth is highly um, a, a construct, um, a social construct, or something can still we can still edit together as long as they agree that the social contract has to do with um, making noises about reliable sources and evidence. So yeah. then we're okay. Yeah. And there are theories of truth, of course, that would make it impossible to participate in Wikipedia if if you think you know sort of play it deuces wild and anything goes and just write whatever you want and that's just as good as anything else. That wouldn't work. But almost no one actually holds that kind of a theory. Yeah. And then the other thing that I think is really interesting about uh, this is that how, how often it is possible for people who disagree fundamentally on some important issue, if they're kind and thoughtful and they take a deep breath, can work together productively to describe that issue. So I always invite people to imagine a very kind and thoughtful Catholic priest and a very kind and thoughtful Planned Parenthood activist. And they're working together on an entry about abortion, uh, about which clearly they're never going to agree. Yeah. But yet they can both agree to say, you know, let's present this fairly. So the priest will understand uh, Wikipedia can't say abortion is a sin, but it can say, you know, the Catholic Church position on abortion is thus and such. And the Pope has said this and critics have responded that. And together they can work together to have something that they're both proud of, where they can both point to it and say to people, if you want to understand in a deep way the issue of abortion and where all the sides come down and, and what the debate is about, come and read this. We've worked together to produce this. And we mm. both agree that it's quite good. Mm. Like that's possible and and is easier than you would have ever thought. Uh, certainly, if we go back, you know, to the Internet commenting style or head to head talk show style, yeah. you think, you know, basically people are in sort of violent disagreement and they yell at each other and nothing's resolved. But actually, if you step back a notch or as we say, go meta, go one level higher. So don't try to you know, prove the debate, uh, prove the, your side in the debate, just describe the debate and, and do that in a fair way. It actually works. And, and in fact, that's really what you want from an encyclopedia. I, I don't want to go to an encyclopedia and hear one side yeah. of a contentious issue, even if it's the side I agree with. I want to understand, I want to understand very deeply what the different parties have to say. So, so, so if I ask you this, how do you think about the relationship between facts and truth? Well, um, 
facts, meanings, or what metaphysical states of affairs that exist in the world, and uh, truth meaning statements about those facts, and a true statement will correspond to those facts. So it's mm-hmm. very old-fashioned and straightforward. Mm-hmm. But but facts alone don't um, necessarily create truth. No, because right. I, I think truth in this sense, truth meaning you know, truth or falsity as a, an attribute of statements about the world of propositions um, is inherently cognitive. So it's it's a it's a mental thing. Like you, um, you know, if there were no minds attending to the facts of reality, there would be no truth or no falsehood because right. there's no no statements. And so, uh, you know, that is complicated, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like that. There, that there's this. There's the, there are the, there are facts, and but then there's the work of attending, attending to mm. the facts, and that is another that that um, that discernment, that willingness to be to observe and put together becomes is a, is this is the move to towards truth. And and it's it's a great human responsibility mm. uh, to think um, and to really focus your mind and pay attention to the facts and understand the facts. Um, and and I think it's important to do that uh, with passion, uh, but not on a primary basis of emotion, um, mm. because emotion can certainly cloud your ability to to. To, to correctly identify um, what's going on in the world. Hmm. That's great. Um, I know you're still in the sauna, so I'm just going to ask you a few more questions. <laughs> I hope you're okay. Yeah. Um, I, uh, it's interesting to me on Wikimedia also there was a – I guess you have the extraordinary picture of the year every year. Mm, yes. And so this year it was – you know there were 1,300 pictures that had been uh, considered and – of course, they were all stunning photographs. It was, it was just—it was interesting to me because I, I, I do think of Wikipedia as, um, as a community of people, and very kind of people-oriented, mm-hmm. and that's also what you, what you've been talking about. I noticed that all of these pictures are very transcendent in a way, like they're vast expanses of space or just, you know buildings that are transcendent like the interior of a mosque in Shiraz Iran there's a the old library of Trinity College Dublin you know it's just just you know mm. it, which is almost like a cathedral of books right um, uh-huh. a metro station in Stockholm that's you know I don't know looks like it's kind of built into a cave but um, a sunrise the Milky Way <laughs> The right. Milky Way was a picture. It's a picture. There's a woman, I think, and then this, and the title, and then, the, and then a pic, the, the Milky Way, and then the title is Heavens Above Her. I just, I don't have really a question to that. I just want to say I found that fascinating, the kind of transcendent, vast expanse of the images that came out of this process of Wikipedia, and I wondered if, mm. if it says anything to you about. About what it is or what happens there, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because we, um, you know, the, we we do these uh, photo contests and they're always amazing, and and people submit amazing work. 
Um, and I think it's quite uh, what I would say about it is it's quite aesthetic work. Yeah. And um, w- what's interesting about that is that you might think uh, that the Wikipedians being very obsessed with references and facts and, you know, very, very matter of fact and, and so on in our style and our thinking might miss the poetry of the universe. Um, and yet uh, these are the kinds of people, very intellectual, very passionate people who really appreciate um, you know, amazing uh, art and amazing work of photography, for example, um, which is wonderful. It's yeah. great. It's exactly what you'd hope for. Yeah, I, I guess it also, and I may be completely projecting here, but I, I wonder if, you know, you've, you've, you've been describing a, a community that, um, that asp- aspires to the good, essentially, you know, aspires to the idea that there is such a thing as truth and that we can figure it out together. Um, that uh, honors and actually resides on um, virtues like kindness and generosity and a willingness to listen. And I don't know, it just, I just, I, I, I felt like these images also were all very aspirational. Like it was a, it's a grand vision of, mm. of the larger context that we inhabit um, of space and time and, you know, our great art and architecture and the natural world. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, as you said at the beginning, uh, it's quite a grand idea, yeah. a free encyclopedia for everyone. So I think maybe the kinds of people who who think in that way, think globally, think about if every single person on the planet could have access to knowledge, are also going to be quite moved by, um, you know, sort of grandiose um, imagery. Yeah, I would say globally and cosmologically, really. And cosmologically, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah. And of course, we're within our community, we're, we're a bunch of geeks, so a lot of science fiction geeks, so, <laughs> uh, you know, loving uh, an amazing photo of the Milky Way obviously makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> so... I wonder if I this is a um a large well let me t- t- two two questions so so in w- one way I, I I think about the internet and I I discuss it with people is you know everything it is that we talk about and fret about and and get excited about I mean it's essentially it is it is on some level merely an, a new canvas for the old human condition um I wonder how would you would reflect on what but but we're we're evolving on that canvas, right? It's it's also taking us new places. So how 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 do you think about what it is telling us about ourselves from where you sit and 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 where it might be taking us? Well, I mean, I, for me, I think one of the mistakes that people make is assuming that somehow the the that cyberspace, um, the digital world, is somehow fundamentally different and a break from the past. And in some ways, of course, it is um, just in the fact that we all, you know, have a a piece of glass in our pockets, a phone, uh, where we can communicate with the world and and see everything. But we're still human beings and we're still, uh, you know, effectively the same organisms as our predecessors a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago. And all of the kinds of problems and solutions that have evolved over those times still remain uh, the same. And so we, we should, you know, think about like as, an, as a political example uh, that we've been involved in is uh, mass surveillance. And the idea being put forward that 
you know, gee, now that we have the, the tool of the internet, uh, that it somehow is okay for the government to have mass surveillance of every single person and all of their most intimate thoughts and their right. details of their lives would be astonishing to people who fought so hard uh, in the era of McCarthy and who fought so hard for the civil liberties around privacy um, because we're still the same people. We still have the same rights that we've always had to be treated as non-criminals, um, to be respected in our personal lives and personal space. Um, and, and it is a mistake to say, oh, well, yes, but now we have the Internet. Everything's different. Terrorists can use the Internet to plan crimes. Well, yeah. they could also plan crimes in the old days, too, That's and they did. Yeah. So, you know, we, we have to say the same kind of trade-offs um, that we've had to figure out painstakingly over a very long period of time still matter today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so here's another kind of large, well, impossibly large question, but I just wonder how you would how you'd start to think about it today. How would you start to answer the question? You know, through this um, frontier you walked on, this this thing you you helped bring into the world. Um, you know, um, through you know Wikipedia and and this you know being being planted in this mission of bringing the sum of all knowledge, human knowledge to to all people. Like, what what have you learned? What are you learning about what it means to be human um, that you that you that you didn't know before that that you're only now being able to articulate or see? Well, I mean, I think one of the things um, that I. Uh, it's not that I had it wrong, but that it had just never occurred to me um, and now is incredibly obvious to me is that people all over the world are in many, many, many most fundamental ways, in the most fundamental ways, the same. And a lot of what goes on uh, in an environment where we're concerned about terrorism and we're concerned about clashes of cultures um, can overlook that fact that I've met, um, you know, ordinary Wikipedians um, from all around the world and they laugh at the same kind of jokes and they do the same kinds of things. They care about the same kinds of things. Everybody wants safety. Everybody wants security. Um, everybody wants to have some fun. Everybody wants to have a meaningful work to do in their life. All of these things are the same. And that's not to say that the differences are, are non-existent or unimportant. Yeah. And in fact, they are different and important. Um, and, you know, we do have to, to deal with that and cope with the ways that ideology causes people to behave in ways that are violent and so forth. But we shouldn't do it by imagining that great swaths of the planet are just the other and the unreformable and, and they're so different from us that we can never get along because that's just not true. Mm-hmm. How do you – are there ways that you kind of walk through your days, your ordinary days as a human being differently because of this work you do, because of, you know, the way you brought Wikipedia into the world? You know, how does that flow into your kind of humanity on, in granular ways? Well, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure really. I'm, I'm 
pretty ordinary person in my day-to-day life. Mm. I am very fortunate. Um, and so one of the things I'm fortunate about is that I do have friends and, and people from all around the world and all cultures. And that, that is a daily part of my life, the people I'm emailing with, the people I'm visiting with and, and so forth. Uh, and so that's, that's, you know, really remarkable and, and something that I very much enjoy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there anything I haven't asked you about that um, you'd want to add? I think it's really um, important to you. No, no, this is really fantastic. I don't think I've actually spoken about epistemology on the radio before, <laughs> so that was good. Well, I'm honored that you did. I, yeah, I thought it was just fabulous. That's, it was really thoughtful. Bef- before I came in, I, I was saying to my uh, to, to Imogen, who works with me, I, mm-hmm. I said, I really love this kind of. You know, on radio, you, you often have time to have a conversation, and I really hate doing a TV interview where I've got 15 yeah, seconds. Yeah. Um, you know, it's sort of painful. They say, well. Yeah, you know, tell us um, how does Wikipedia affect our understanding of the truth? <laughs> right, right. Fifteen seconds. Say, well, people can collaborate. Okay, thanks. Now the commercial break. You know, yeah. and yeah. here we can actually have a dialogue about it. And I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like I feel like we had a dialogue, and you, you spoke kind of in very much in the spirit and ethos of of of, um, of Wikipedia. So you were kind of demonstrating it as you were talking about it, which is it was really wonderful. <laughs> I, I'm thankful. Thank you so much. Great. Thank and you. I, we'll look forward to putting this on the air, and we'll let you know what's happening with that. Yeah, let us know when it airs yeah, absolutely. so we can let people know. Great. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah, right, wonderful. Great. Super. Thanks. Bye-bye. Right, super. Bye. Okay. That was great. <laughs>